and welcome to another episode of The Caption Life, a podcast that talks about how comics and our daily lives intertwine. Uh, we're going to have a special episode tonight because only two of the three, uh, what are we, we're not like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? We're more like the, the three horsemen of the nerd apocalypse. Uh, but there's only two of right. us tonight. I don't think we're coordinating enough to run the apocalypse. <laughs> right. They would, they would outsource that. Uh <laughs> Uh, like we're more like, we're more like the yellow minions and not like, like real henchmen. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) so there's only two of us tonight. It's just me, uh, Kevin in Texas and, and my good buddy, Sean in Indiana. Hello. So we're recording a special podcast tonight on August the 25th so that we can talk about some breaking news in the world of comics and pop culture. And I think the top of the, everybody's list right now is that Andrew Luck retired from the Colts, Sean. And I've got to find out <laughs> how that makes you feel. Maybe, uh, maybe not for... you know. Wrong podcast, I guess, really, because we're not really about football here. But I couldn't resist. I couldn't. I gotta say, that. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was sitting on that one. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna pull this joke at the beginning of the podcast. That was good. Yeah. So, uh, in reality, real news. Uh, a lot of big stories broke this week. Number one, probably, is the agreement between Sony Studios and Marvel Studios over Spider-Man has has come to a screeching halt. There's different mm-hmm. reports about like why uh, it happened, and I, you know, it probably all boils down to the the almighty dollar. Sean, what do you make of this uh, going forward, or, or what's your take on it? Well. That's the thing, right? Is it's just like what you said. It just comes down to making the profit and everything. And I, I think it. I mean, I don't want to take sides on you know who is right or who is wrong because obviously we only get some of the details. And what I find interesting is that Kevin Feige is clearly a huge bargaining chip for Disney because that's something that Sony had brought up specifically. My hope is that this is just a stall and it's not a done deal that you know they're no longer doing anything that um, they're working on it you know behind the scenes because I did see a couple of like YouTube videos where there's unconfirmed reports that they might actually be able to work it out I think moving forward I think it's just going to be a little bit awkward at least for the MCU I don't I don't think it's gonna when we think about cinematically for Sony it's not going to be that much of a problem because they can kind of move forward and just not really mention the Avengers especially the way that they end Spider-Man 2 uh, or Spider-Man Far From Home, but for the MCU, I think it's going to be a little bit awkward because it really set everything with building the relationship with Tony Stark and Peter Parker and kind of set up to where Peter Parker was going to at least be involved with the Avengers. Maybe not necessarily be a leader because he's still young, but I think it's just going to be kind of a harder shift for them to do that. So, I mean, but with all that being said, you know, I, I think it'll be they'll still be able to do that, especially when you look at the movies that are coming out like Eternals and Blade and stuff like that. I think they'll be able to make that ship just fine. I think it's just going to leave a lot of people disappointed because everyone loved the relationship that Tony Stark and Spider-Man had and what he meant for the Avengers. And, and what I really loved about Spider-Man in this role is that he was that really good connection between fandom and the movies, right? Because while Spider-Man was fighting, 
especially in Civil War. He was just so much in awe. Oh my gosh, this is Captain America. I love your shield, you know, like complimenting them and stuff like that. And he like, he's, even though he's part of the Avengers, he still looked up to these guys and just like awestruck, which is how we are with all these movies and everything, right? So he really had that great connection for the audience as well, too. And it's just kind of a bummer that it's not going to keep continuing if they don't figure out a way to solve this. So Yeah, I, I liken it to a high stakes game of chicken where yeah. um, they both want their say in the character. I, I think that for the sake of the dollar, I think it would be the best thing for him to remain involved in the MCU. Uh, mm-hmm. If Sony wanted to flex a little bit more of their control muscles when, you know, as it re- pertains to him or a crossover movie with Venom, I don't think that they've gone as far as to set up a scenario where that couldn't be worked out. I just think long term, they both want control of the character and they're in the stage now where they're going to see who blinks first. I will say right. this, two things. Number one is I saw, uh, I read an article on uh, comic book resources, which sometimes comic book resources can be real hit or miss with their editorials, but one that pointed out how much of a, a bargaining chip Tom Holland is, uh, and that if Tom Holland mm-hmm. wants to sign on for more movies, that he could insist that the MCU and Marvel Studios is involved in some way, shape, or form. And right. I think that they're, I think that that's absolutely correct. Like, I think, I don't think that we give them enough credit for that. Uh, he is a very, very young kid, but we've kind of seen what has happened if, if Sony tries to reboot Spider-Man before they've, um, you know, they fired Andrew Garfield and said, oh, we're not going to do a third one. And the actual, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, there was a fourth one that was planned that after Spider-Man 3 came out, they said, no, we're going to go another direction. So I think that they right. would walk away from him, but I also think that would be a really huge mistake because I think He's the people's Spider-Man. He's the one that has people's hearts. Um, The other thing I'll say, because this is a a podcast about comics, not just about comic book movies, is that Marvel controls the publishing rights to the character. And we saw this... At the when the Fantastic Four movie came out, they they did away with the Fantastic Four. They ended the book. They you know killed the Human Torch. There was there was a whole ordeal where they kind of like cut off the head of the snake so that there would be less, I guess, less source material for like a, a new movie to to pull from they definitely weren't you know going to help promote the the movie in any way shape or form and i don't know if that in the long right. run had a negative impact on the fantastic four movie mm-hmm. but i i definitely think that if marvel wanted to to affect the the release of a spider-man movie that they weren't involved in they definitely could do it especially through print right right yeah i think that's what's also like really interesting about all this is that the details are still kind of low-key for the most part. Like, the only thing we really know is just some reports that came out. Uh, Sony, you know, tweeted some stuff out about Kevin Feige, which I thought was interesting because it sounds like they wanted Kevin Feige to really be part of it, and Marvel said he's not going to be part of it. So I, I found that interesting because I think everyone recognizes that Feige is one of the reasons why the MCU has been doing really great. And right. so He's the Bill Parcells of comic book movies. Right, yeah. So it's it's just um, not Bill Parcells. I'm sorry, I'm gonna re-record that. Yeah, he's the Bill Belichick of comic uh, book movies. That makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I was like, I'm gonna have to look up Bill Sells later. <laughs> yeah, I got I got twisted up on, on because we started talking about football at the beginning. Right. Yeah. So it sounds interesting that it seems like Marvel is using Kevin Feige as a bargaining chip because I, I don't know why they wouldn't want him to be involved with that um like I, I get that he has a lot going on and everything but i think everyone can also say that 
Spider-Man is also one of the more successful projects that they've worked on, and it's been like the glue to it. So obviously, I think something else has kind of happened in the back end that they haven't really made public about. So I don't know. But we'll see. So the other news coming out of this week uh, is coming from the D23 Expo in Anaheim, mm-hmm. which I really feel like we should go to the one in the future to cover for this podcast. Uh, yeah. Because not only are we huge fans of Marvel and, and things like that, you and I especially are both Disney nerds. Yeah. Uh, we both frequent Disney World. And we could even, we, if we took a trip to Anaheim to cover D23 for our podcast, we could actually go to Disneyland too to do some research and that'd be tax deductible, right? Yeah, because we're getting paid for this. <laughs> right. Like, if if one of our moms gives us a dollar, right. then because she likes the job that we did on the podcast, we can say right. this is that's taxable income, and then we can write <laughs> off the trip to Disneyland. Um, so some of this, <laughs> some of the stuff that's come out about that. There's some new Marvel themed uh, attractions, but also they kind of also clarified some of the stuff that's coming in in Phase Four. Uh, we have a release date for Black Panther Two, which is in uh, May of 2022. Mm-hmm. You know what? What seems strange to me that that movie is still a ways away. Simply because the first Black Panther film was such a huge hit, you'd have thought that they would have fast-tracked the next one to capitalize on it. And mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a, more than a four-year break between the two movies just because Marvel's schedule is so full. Right. They've just announced so much stuff. Something Madden, my son Madden told me uh, the other day, he said that he hopes that they explore who was the king of Wakanda while T'Challa was snapped away. Because it's oh, yeah. so much of that stuff from Endgame was kind of like glossed over and he came back for the final battle. But that's five years down the road and this is a whole country where their king has disappeared and he wants to know. But he's like, was it M'Baku? Was it Okoye? Who was the person in charge? And so that's something that I hope that, that they kind of like get into. Like I hope they touch on, you know, what did he have to do to regain the throne? But we have that information. Right. We have some some promotional images from Black Widow that came out uh, today, and I even saw a poster for the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. What else are we missing? Yes. Oh, yes, the news the, about the streaming stuff. Okay, so we're going to get a Miss Marvel series mm-hmm. and a She-Hulk series. What are your thoughts on that? And Moon Knight. Oh, Moon Knight, yes. Not to forget Moon Knight. James isn't here. He would have not right. He would have not let us get away without talking about Moon Knight. Although I've never actually read a Moon Knight right. comic. It's something on my bucket list, especially if I'm going to be preparing to watch uh, the show. Right. Yeah, no, same here. I, I think I may have heard about Moon Knight a couple of times, but um, I think it only came to my attention when James had brought it up when we first started this. So He pops up in a Daredevil comic every now and again. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're both based in New York. Right. And then Madden tells me that he's more like, and I'm, Madden's never read a, a Moon Knight comic either. I mean, he just watches a lot of YouTube. He's a lot like Batman, apparently, where, like, you know, he. That's what I've he, heard. He beats people up at right. night. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he talks to the moon. So that is. So how many um, shows are coming out from Marvel that's going to be on Disney Plus? We got Falcon and Winter Soldiers. Uh, we got. Uh, one division. We got Loki. We have oh, what's the other one? Oh, Hawkeye. And then the three we just mentioned: Miss Marvel, She Hulk, and Moon Knight. So that's seven shows they have coming out. Seven live action shows, and then the animated What If show. And uh, I right. saw the the What If Peggy Carter became um, the oh, captain. Yeah. 
Britain, Britain. there was some yeah. yeah some some of the animation or some stills from that and it looks spectacular too so right I, I don't know like I we said we're both big fans of Disney and I think that they've just come up with another way to um, to take our money because uh, like I know that <laughs> I know that it's not just this stuff there's you know the Star Wars stuff that they've mm-hmm. mentioned but there's they just got such a wealth of properties now that these characters that we care about they are the stewards of getting those those shows onto television and we're seeing not just what we would consider like B and C list like comic book superheroes get mm-hmm. TV shows but like a just a variety of different types of characters and you know from different you know dip you know both male and female characters different nationalities or different ethnicities and whatnot it's much more eclectic or I'm I'm looking for the words, but it, it's really encouraging that they're that they've got a lot of different stories to tell, and they're going to do that in a variety of ways. Right. Yeah. Well, and I will say what I'm most excited about is the Miss Marvel TV show that they're going to come out because one thing that I think is really exciting is that if you haven't read Miss Marvel, which did you get a chance to read that? Today? Yes, I re- I read it today. I read read the first um I'm th- on issue number five, the first five issues of uh Camilla Khan Miss Marvel because uh, we were yeah. pr- we're preparing to do a, a future podcast about religion and comics, so we were all brushing up on right. that. Right, yeah. Well, and and for the first time when when that guy uh, announced that they're doing Miss Marvel, I was thinking to myself, I keep hearing about Miss Marvel Kamala Khan. I know about Carol. Danvers as Miss Marvel, but you know, I, I've never read any of the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel comics. And so last night I got on Marvel Unlimited and started to read like the first issue. And I stayed up probably like an hour just reading through like the first five or six issues. And it was like, really good because it's it, one of the unique things about this series, I think, is that it started from her identity as a young Muslim teenager. Mm hmm who is a huge fan of the Avengers. Like she created fan fiction and stuff like that about the Avengers and everything. And that's how she ended up getting the mantle of Miss Marvel's. Like when she got her powers, she wanted to be like Miss Marvel for a number of different reasons. But it really focuses on her identity as a young Muslim teenager in a high school that doesn't really think that, you know, she's pretty or beautiful or anything like that. She wants to be like somebody else. And I think that's going to be a really great connection and a really good audience to uh, really reach out to is to be able to tell that story of what that experience is like for a Muslim and uh, a teenage Muslim in the United States. And I think they're going to have some interesting ways of telling that story that's updated and that will be at the forefront. Cause I, I was trying to think about this last night and even this morning, like, I don't know if there's been any television show or popular movie that really uses that, uh, Muslim identity at the forefront of their show, and I, I couldn't—I struggled to come up with one. And so, I really hope that Miss Marvel can be really at the at the. I really hope that Miss Marvel can be the front runner for that. Well, I think it's—I think it's interesting too that as as twenty first century comics have kind of changed, what not changed, I guess, to become more inclusive. Like they they know that their market is more than just middle-aged white men who are looking for superhero stories, that some of the biggest growth you have seen in popularity of characters has been these female characters. And she's right at mm-hmm. the top of the list. I mean, at Marvel specifically, right. Carol Danvers as, as Captain Marvel, Camilla Khan as Miss Marvel. Uh, you've got Squirrel Girl, even uh, Spider-Gwen. And things like that, like the, these characters are are now like I was online. Somebody was selling the first appearance of Spider Gwen at a local comic book shop, and it was like two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh wow! And, 
because that character has become such an important part of the Spider Verse, and I think I think it's great. I, I love the um, I love the idea of the the She Hulk show too because the Daredevil show didn't really get into you know the aspects of him being a lawyer, mm-hmm. but she's also a lawyer. So I hope that not only is it like a kick ass show, but also that they make it like a legal drama, something something akin to the practice or something like that. Right. Um, because it, I think that would be an interesting take on it. Right. Yeah. Well, the Daredevil show did focus a little bit about his law practice, but um, I, I think you're right. Like I, I didn't read She-Hulk a whole lot, but the sense I get is that it does focus a lot more about her work in the legal system than Daredevil did. Because Daredevil was always like lawyer by day, vigilante by night type of thing, but didn't really center around his work. Right. Not as like a... Well, how do I say this? Because he, because that is part of his identity as a lawyer. But I feel like in the comics, it was it was less about that and more about how he struggled with being a vigilante and being like a Catholic and like the morality of that and things like that. Whereas like lawyers is right. kind of like a almost like a means to an end, which he was really good at. But I think with what I've um, heard about and skimmed through with She Hulk is that her being a lawyer is actually more at the forefront of her identity and takes a more presence in the comics as well too. So yeah, that's that's going to be neat. Anything else that we're, we're missing? Are you scrolling through your phone for all the Twitter updates <laughs> to see, like, hey, what do we need to talk right. about? Well, just in case we're talking and they're like, breaking news, Marvel, Sony figured out how to keep Spider-Man in the MCU. But I did not get that. We, could you imagine how awesome it would be if we could break that live on – well, I mean, we're not live. We're recording this. And, like, I'm in my office and you're in – wait, you got an office. You're not in, you're not in your closet anymore. No, I, I graduated from closet to – spare bedroom that was been collecting dust basically so <laughs> so it was your nursery right it was the nursery for your for your child yeah it, it started off as a nursery for my kid and then we we actually moved him out from this room into his room now but it's been unused for the most part for like three three years maybe four because because the only time we actually ever use this room is one to um, store stuff or two to make dehydrated fruit with <laughs> yeah okay so 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 for those of you guys who are who are listening to this podcast and you can't see this sean is sitting in in this room and behind him there are some some dolphins on the wall and then there is also a poster of the x-men and the iron gauntlet so it's a nice balance yeah, it's a balance. I told him that he should get an Aquaman fathead to put yeah. up there next to those dolphins, so it looks like he was controlling them or telling them telling them what to do. Right. All right. So, so I I just was I doubled back over to to Twitter to look at things. Um, so we also know that uh, in Disneyland, the uh, the California Adventure Park is going to have a have a new area dubbed Avengers Campus. Mm-hmm. So the Avengers Campus is going to be highlighted. It says a new Spider-Man ride is at the top of the list for the Disney theme park attractions. I know that they've added some things uh, uh, in their their stuff across the world, starting with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, uh, which they did uh, mm-hmm. at Disneyland. They retrofitted a an older version of Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters to uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp ride, and they did that in Japan. In Shanghai, and I think that they're going to be bringing that to Disneyland as well. And then, and of course, in Disney World, we have the brand new Guardians of the Galaxy coaster coming to Epcot, which I've seen the footage of that, and that looks really, really amazing. Oh, nice. I don't think I've seen that yet. 
So on the new Guardians of the Galaxy coaster at Epcot, it's uh, it's going to be an indoor coaster, and it's a story coaster that the car of the roller coaster will pivot on the track to face mm-hmm. the story. So it's not 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 oh, like a lateral yeah. movement. Like the you'll be going down the track, and all of a sudden you'll be looking at a battle scene or something going on to the left, and as you bank on the roller coaster, your car will also turn and point you to a new scene they um they were doing some testing with the uh with the roller coaster like outdoors and it just it looks amazing the, the roller the cars look like the milano spaceship the styling they have it's it's all really 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 cool stuff so oh, we, nice. we have to start planning our um our joint disney world vacation for 2021 when all this stuff opens i know that's right yeah we're going to start doing that now <laughs> yeah we should it's it's going to be a tra- it's going to be a family tradition so the uh the Marvel rides at Disney World uh, are all going to be centered around the Guardians of the Galaxy or or something that it's not Avengers themed because they don't have the the right to have Avengers stuff in Florida. They they licensed that mm-hmm. stuff out to Universal years ago, and and Universal's right. Island of Adventure has that stuff. Have you have you ever taken a trip over there to check that stuff out? Not in a while. We we went um, I think four years ago. Okay, that's about the same time. That's about the same time I went was about four years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe we're there the same time. I don't know. I'll go look at all my pictures to see if you, uh, if I can see who <laughs> was the crowd. No, but like, I, I thought it was really cool. I know that they've made some changes to it. Um, mm-hmm. I one of the things that, that I think that you'll that will will work in it will work in Disney's favor with all that stuff is that eventually that stuff is going to get old and they're going to have to start mm-hmm. pumping new money into it. And since they could probably use the, use that space for other things that they own the license for like you know the harry potter world there is is enormous and it's always getting bigger right. i could see that eventually them giving up on the marvel superhero license but it, it is a really really it is a really really cool place especially if you are a comics fan to go and check out just walk mm-hmm. through the area and see all the the artwork for from adam kubert who is a who's a, a you know well-renowned comic book artist he did all of the the panels that you see like a decoration and if you look closely you can see the places where he hid his hid his name or his initials in all the oh, drawings nice. because because they wouldn't let him put his name on it so there are like different places where you can see his name written like oh, smart. you know how like on homer simpson his ear is an m and a g for the guy that created it mac Grainig, I think that's how you say it. Oh, so did, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, th- he did the same thing. So like, in like, uh, like Wolverine, the the hair on Wolverine's arm, I think, is like says Adam. It's it's, <laughs> it's he he did it in almost everything. It's really really cool. I'm glad to start like paying attention to this now. Yeah, he's like nice little Easter eggs. And he's a and he's a super cool guy. Like my son and I got to meet him a few years ago at a con, and he was working through his schedule at the con. And we were talking to another artist, and he looked up and saw my son dressed as Cyclops, and he's like, you know, I drew Cyclops a few times. And my son looked at him. And my son is is a big comic book nerd and knew exactly who he was. So mm-hmm. my son pulled out a picture of him dressed as Cyclops and signed it for him. And then Adam Kubert got him a, a Wolverine poster and and signed it for him and gave it back to him. It was like a really really like and he wasn't there at the time on duty like there wasn't a line he was just like sitting there by himself and he took the time to like talk to talk to Madden it was a it was a really cool experience for us oh that's awesome yeah I'm no kidding I I love like hearing stories like that when when celebrities and and well-known people like seem to do like genuine things where like you know they're not doing this with the publicity or anything like that but just like a little story like that where it just kind of goes a long way right 
Right. Well, and, and, and he, especially he's been in the business now for 30 years. His, mm-hmm. his dad is a legend and, and they have a school that, you know, the, the Kubert school for graphic design where, you know, they're training the next, the next, uh, era of, of artists. My son wants to go there, uh, when he graduates high school, but like, yeah, so he, he was there for like the people. Well, you know why? Like, you know, right. a lot of artists go to the conventions because it's a second source of income. They don't get paid. I mean, unless you're like one of those top guys and he definitely is one of those, but they, they don't get paid, you know, millions of dollars. So they go and they sell a couple of posters and things like that. And, you know, it helps, it helps them out. And he was, he was mm-hmm. definitely there for the people. It was a, it was a pretty cool experience. Good. Yeah, I, I can only imagine that if you're not like an a above the line writer, you have to do stuff like that to keep doing that and make ends meet. Yeah. And and oftentimes those guys are really cool too. I mean, like mm-hmm. uh, when I had a chance to talk to Peter J. Tomasi about writing the Superman uh, run that he did about, and a lot of it with, with dealing with Clark and with Bruce uh, as fathers because he he introduced their their kids into the story. Right. I just broke something in my office. <laughs> I heard a snap um, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I was putting my foot up on a plastic basket. Um, yeah, so he was talking about like what it meant to be a dad and to write from the perspective of being a dad. And man, I was like really connected with him just from reading it, but also like talking to it. And you walk away from it and be like, you know what? Me and Peter J. Tomasi are friends. Like, I, you guys don't even realize this. That, like, we're like, we're like bros now. Right. So yeah, it's, it's a cool experience. Nice. Okay. Any other, any other big news that's come out? We got, we talked about Spider-Man. We talked about mm-hmm. all, all things Marvel coming through to the, the MCU and the Disney streaming, but do we miss anything? I think those are the big ones right now. Like the other things that they really came out was, oh, Kit Harrington. Oh, yes. Eternals. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't talk about, uh, Kit Harrington being cast. You know, we and I, we exchanged on Twitter the other day about who Kit Harrington was going to play, and I was full stop, all go, ready for them to announce that he was going to be Wolverine. Right. And uh, he's not. He's not going to be Wolverine. Nope. And uh, that's okay. Yeah. So uh, they they announced that he's going to be Dane Whitman, who will eventually, and, and this is going to be in the Eternals movie next year, and he eventually, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, will be. We'll see him in full Black Knight regalia at some point. Right. And since which that one I'm not familiar with, so. Yeah, he was big like in the 80s, early 90s as part of the Avengers. And I have some old, old comic books from like when I first started collecting. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to cosplay as Dane Whitman's Black Knight because essentially he wears jeans and a really cool T-shirt and a leather jacket. And he has a helmet and a lightsaber. Um, and a lightsaber? Seriously, it's like a it's like a sword that glows like a lightsaber. Um, nice. And I guess now that's not a problem because Disney owns both Star Wars and Marvel. Right. So... So they can be like, "Yep, that's that's Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, and he's got a lightsaber." <laughs> Ultimate crossover event. I'm sure someone in Disney is thinking, "Like, how could we take the MCU and make it part of the Star Wars universe as well, too?" <laughs> right, like like Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel shows up somewhere, like in on Tatooine, to right. She, you know, she's got the ability to do that. That would be pretty cool. Right. Well, so he has to go back in time too, because it's it's a long, long time ago. Right, and they've they've dropped hints at things like in in Spider Man Homecoming, where it's like, you guys ever seen this old movie, Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, we know that it exists in the MCU, mm-hmm. but I guess it's also just a form of of entertainment for them as well. Right. Yeah. So. 
Well, there, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff that's coming down the pipeline. Now, we know that a couple of weeks ago, like DC announced that they were going to be like transitioning, uh, or, and Warner Brothers are going to be transitioning to a new streaming service called HBO Max that was going to offer, uh, their, their Warner Brothers catalog as well as all the stuff that's available on the DC streaming service. I don't know. I don't know if they announced that the DC streaming service was going to be going away, but I do believe that that all the stuff that it that is offered is going to be going to the HBO Max and I'm, there's still some of that stuff that I want to check out, but like, I'm telling you right now when Disney Plus drops and I can pay 12.99 mm-hmm. for ESPN, Hulu and Disney Plus a month, that's a that's a bargain. So I'm definitely going to be signing up. I know. Well, cuz not just a bargain, but it's quality as well too, right? Right. All right. Well, we didn't have James with us tonight, but uh, it was a good conversation uh, on breaking news. And hopefully we're going to get this out to your uh, inquiring ears uh, before the end of the week. But that wraps up another episode of the Caption Life podcast. Uh, You can find us on your favorite podcast platform and you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at Caption Life. So uh, until next time. Peace. Peace out.